When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchos.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 10th. Happy anniversary to the lockout being over. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Happy Friday, everybody, as well. Andrew Painter has a sprained UCL. He will sit out a month before seeing if he needs surgery. I kind of tend to believe uh, these things are more of an inevitability. Maybe get a PRP injection. It's just, uh, I I hope he's okay, but it feels like he's going to get Tommy John. And then it's going to be like two years until we get the Andrew Painter hype once again. Does mean that Bailey Falter, hey, what's up? You are the number five, but... And there's also Ranger Suarez, who has forearm tightness. He came back from the WBC. And uh, the Phillies are saying it's not that serious. But you got to think, all of a sudden, Billy Falter becomes the SP number four for the Phillies. And once again, they need starting pitching. Something to think about there. Hugh Darvish pitched early this morning. Um, So technically a game today that I'm going to talk about now. He had a three-run home run in the third. His fastball wasn't as elevated as we wanted to see. However, he is up to 33% slider usage, which is a very good thing. So if that command comes into uh, play later on this year or by the time the season starts with the fastball going up and that usage is still up, things could be very good for Darvish this year. Shohei Otani was dope, and that is great. Sonny Gray is up over a tick on everything. He had great command on his cutter and four-seamer. His curve was okay, uh, but I'm digging the fact that he's throwing harder. He had a really nice command of that fastball, and the cutter was all right. Um, the curve is really, though, the big pitch for him, right? If he's not destroying guys with his curve, then things aren't very good, and I kind of just want to see the last element. But I think we're kind of undervaluing Sonny Gray. He's going in like the 16th, 17th rounds constantly. Um, well past the secure starters, and sometimes he just gets pushed back as if he's a Toby, but I'd love taking a chance on Sonny Gray. Um, a place for winning ball club and all. Uh, Kate Cavalli, three innings, six Ks after looking really bad, but it was against Israel, and you should not read into that one. Tyler Anderson and Merrill Kelly faced off as the Angels went against Team USA. So Anderson had this all-star lineup ahead of him, and of course he faltered. 2.1 innings, seven hits. Four runs, two walks, and zero Ks. I mean, yeah, don't grade Anderson too harshly here because it, once again, one of the best lineups you'll ever see. So, whatever. Uh, Merrill Kelly went three innings, zero and runs, one hit, zero walks, and four Ks against the Angels who didn't have Trout or Shohei Otani. So, not very shocking there either. Taiwan Walker is still at 93.5, which was what he was at last year. Maybe there's an extra tick to add as he continues ramping up. We'll see. But as of right now, it's, yeah, it's time on Walker. I'm not very interested. Herman Marquez pitched, and so did Marco Gonzalez, and so did Zach Greinke, and whatever. Max Reed, four innings, zero and runs, five Ks against Puerto Rico. He's looking great, and honestly, I find myself gravitating towards Max Reed a ton in drafts whenever I can. There is a concern that he won't be able to do 200 innings, or 200 Ks, I should say. However, I get this feeling that Max Fried has one more gear to unlock, and 
He could have it this year. That he becomes a 200 strikeout guy. Really good floor as well for your ratios and wins. I find myself feeling really good having him as my SP2. Um, borderline SP1 if I pair him with uh, more exciting strikeout guys after. But honestly, just two really good floor guys. Like if you go Max Freed and uh, Yu Darvish as your 1-2 punch, that's really, really nice. Michael Waka, three innings pitch, zero runs, two Ks for the Padres in his debut. Sure. I'm not really that interested there. Uh, Freddy Peralta, 2.1 innings, 200 runs, one walk, and four Ks. I'm glad he's healthy. That's uh, always a good sign right now, and I might be pushing him up as we get closer to drafts. It's traditionally what I do is I get worried about the injured guys, and then I push them up as we get closer to the season because it's, hey, they are not injured now. Lower chance of them being injured as long as they are healthy, right? But I still am very f- afraid of that shoulder for the full year. Uh, Sean Jelly went three innings, one run, zero walks, and four Ks for the Giants. It's interesting to see, is it going to be Jelly? Is it going to be Tony Disco as SP number six for the Giants? I think it's Tony Disco, but Jelly could be uh, someone uh, that gets opportunities quickly, especially if Kyle Harrison isn't ready in the minors. Ryan Papillo is battling for the SP6 spot for the Dodgers against Michael Grove. I've said good things about Grove. However, Papillo went three innings, zero runs, three hits, one walk, and four Ks yesterday. Though it was against Oakland, and Oakland is not a good offense. The changeup was looking much better than it did last year, but I kind of still love Michael Grove stuff more. It might be Papillo in the end of the day. I don't know. I still think it's such a fascinating, or not, not really fascinating, but... Something we should be focusing on is who gets those opportunities when there is at least one injury for the Dodgers. Hunter Green. This was so frustrating because he went four innings, zero runs, two hits, two walks, three Ks. And you think, oh, well, he clearly doesn't have his command and everything, just like you were talking about before, Nick. I legitimately think it's an approach thing. He wasn't really missing his spots. It's just that the spots were not what we wanted to be. We wanted to be upstairs constantly for Hunter Green. His fastball is one of the better fastballs out there. Slider is amazing too. Just get that pitch separation. Just do the Blake Snell blueprint of elevated high lock four seamers and then have low lock sliders. It's not that hard. However, I saw him constantly trying to throw low heaters or middle or YM lock, right? I don't get it. I, ju- I just don't get it. And I get this feeling that we're going to be stuck for like two, three years as the Reds have Hunter Green and we're just waiting for someone to to trade for him to say, look, like, get the fastball up. Oh, man, he was so good in the second half of last year when he did that. And I don't know what's going on. It makes no sense to me. I'm, I, I have to avoid it because of all this stuff. But then all the PLV numbers love him and Stuff Plus loves him. And it's just, uh, it is so frustrating. And there are a couple other frustrating guys to talk about, but first we have to take a quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 
98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Jameson Tyone went opposite of Hunter Green, 3.2 innings, 4 and runs for its 0 walks, 3 Ks, and 2 home runs. I wouldn't worry about this one too much. He's messing around with his, uh, with his I think, a slightly different arsenal at the moment. Um, I'm still encouraged by Tyone. Two home runs or two home runs, whatever. Spencer Strider is looking good. He was throwing low fastballs like Hunter Green, which is kind of odd, but the slider was amazing. Got a ton of whiffs on that. There is something to be said about Strider saying, like, look, if they are cheating on not swinging at sliders down, I'll just throw some low fastballs on there. And I imagine he's trying to work on that skill in this one. Hunter Green, don't do that. <laughs> but Strider, I think he's trying that a little bit. Kevin Gosman went 4 for 48 whiffs, which is pretty low for Gosman. However, the four-seamer was really nice. Perfect location at the top of the zone. It's just that the splitter was not its best one. It looked like he was trying to work on his slider more, which is silly because Gosman, we don't care about the slider. Just be two pitch with the splitter and the fastball, please. Okay, thanks. Nick Pavetta apparently has a new curveball, and he does. It has a lot less break, but it's also five ticks harder, like 4.7 miles per hour harder, right? One out of eight CSW. <laughs> so it's not this like game changing. Oh man, he's got this harder curveball. Sometimes we see hard curveballs. It's like the Lance McCullers and Jordan Ventura, uh, Jordan Ventura um, fast uh, curveball as well. But this is not that big with pitch. Uh, 63% zone rate, which maybe is a big thing for Pavetta that he needs that. Slider isn't very good. It's just, no, I'm not doing this, guys. I'm just not doing this. Clark Schmidt went and I say, where's the whiffs, y'all? Four for 43 whiffs on, over, on the day. Curveball was, eh, the cutter is getting strikes in the zone, but it's not this, like, precise one. Sinker got four strikes well off the plate arm side, which is something I love to see. It's just Clark Schmidt isn't quite doing enough at the moment. He hasn't clicked, and I am less encouraged on him than I am Domingo Herman. Uh, Tyler Wells, 7 for 29 whiffs on his four-seamer, which is amazing, but only two whiffs on everything else. He's elevating four seamers with intent. That's what's going on there. He's a PLV and stuff plus darling. He's not. He doesn't have the opportunity. If you ask me, it's likely Dean Kramer. But then again, has Dean Kramer done amazing things? It's possible Tyler Wells is the SP five for the Orioles. You have Grayson Rodriguez. You have Cole Irvin. You have uh, Kyle Gibson um, inside that rotation as well. Uh, there's one other who I'm just completely Kyle Bradish. And so the number five there, is it Kramer, is it Wells? Because um, Grayson Rodriguez has to have it. Uh, so there is some intriguing, deep, AL-only sleeper value in Tyler Wells if that four-seamer is doing that and the breakers come back. But it's probably Dean Kramer. Michael Lorenzen was 40% sliders in the previous game. However, he reverted to just 16% here. His changeup was good, though, and it feels like he was working on the slider beforehand, and I want really to be just change-up slider. He was more on the cutter, which the cutter is not good. It was okay in this one, but generally not good. So, good changeup is nice to see, and he had a good slider last time. Maybe Lorenzo can put that two together, and, and that's who he is moving forward. And Rich Hill, he seems normal, and that's good. We want we want normal Rich Hill. That That's <laughs> absolutely a positive thing, and the fact that he's even still doing this at his age for... Uh, the Pirates is something wonderful. All right, looking forward to today's games. We've got Severino versus Turnbull. Severino, I want to see the velocity at 96. Turnbull at 94. 
Uh, Corey Kluber is going against Zach R. Thompson. He's the SP6, it looks like, for the for the Jays. Honestly, I don't really care about either one. If he's getting whiffs both on his uh, cutter and curveball, that is Corey Kluber. Um, I'm That's fine, and I want to see more than 88 miles per hour on the fastball. Like, 90-91 is even still down from the older days, but still that's better than that. Um, Zach Wheeler is going against JT Brubaker. I, I want to see dominance from Wheeler today because he didn't have his command in the previous one. Got lit up a bit by the Jays, but, I mean, I think it was just one of those days kind of thing. And I want to see him, like, locked in and not tugging fastballs like he did before. Uh, Brubaker, coffee cake, sorry, buddy, but I don't believe in you. Ian Anderson, I want to see him actually getting strikes effectively. I want to see the new slider that apparently wasn't there last start and has been driving me crazy. I would love to see this I uh, this one today. You have Jeffrey Springs on the other side of it. I'm curious how he faces left-handers because I think is his biggest weakness at the moment, which is odd for a lefty. Such a good changeup. That's why you have those reverse splits. Uh, Justin Verlander, ace is going to ace there against Dubin. I do not care. Reed Detmers for the Angels, of course. I want to see the slider getting whiffs against the Dodgers. Down and into right-handers. If that's working, then everything is great. Uh, it's interesting to see that uh, Stuff Plus hates Detmers' curveball. I really dig it. Um, PLV is not so happy about it. So it might be... It's kind of interesting. I've been leaning in on Detmers thinking, hey, it's a good curveball. Fastball's up with intent. If he has slider whiffs, he's at ace. Um... If he doesn't have that slider, I'd be very, very cautious because I really don't think that, you know, he needs that to be a very consistent thing every day. Um, so I've been in on Detmers having a breakout year because he's so young and he could develop further and the slider is really good. But there is something to be said about maybe I am overvaluing the four-seamer and curveball of Detmers. And uh, if the slider is not overwhelming, then there is an actual problem here. Um, we have Kershaw on the other side, so Tatiaga, that is the ace that is always going to ace. I know it should be who stopped that. Um, <laughs> just doesn't sound good. As good, um, Tabiaga, not as good. Um, but yeah, he should be great, 90-91 probably with slider whiffs, everything is cool. Um, Jay Groom is pitching for the Padres. He's battling for like the SP7 or 8 or whatever. He goes against Jordan Lyles, don't care. Dane Dunning against Paul Blackburn, don't care. I mean, Paul Blackburn, if he has his amazing curveball, then everything's okay. Um, Drew Smiley is against Giolito. This is a very interesting one. Giolito was like 92-93 in the reports before. Hopefully we get um, some stack as data on this one. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. Um, it is against the Cubs, though. I don't think they have it there, which is so unfortunate because we didn't get it yesterday for Tyone and, and Green. So I'm going to be hopefully asking around, trying to find some velocity stuff for Giolito. But if he's at 94, oh boy, am I in. Lucas Giolito back at 94 is such a discount and a wonderful value. Um, it's so important that he is, though. If he's even sitting at like 93, then I'm back in. Uh, he was like like 92 and change in the last one. So that's a little more hesitant. But if he's like 93, 94, Giolito, mm, that's that's like shooting up my draft, board, draft boards. I might even raise him massively on the list. Drew Smiley is a very sneaky one. Everyone's like, don't do this, Nick. Don't do this, Nick. And I've been like, all right, fine. Maybe I should listen to people. Um, but I still think it's a very interesting first start against the Brewers. And as long as Smiley is elevating with forcing or this fastball up and keeping his curveball down, like he should be an effective starter. Uh, George Kirby gets the Reds. And I just want to see a good breaking ball. I want to see the slider or the curveball just looking really good and getting whiffs. Because I know that the forcing is going to be great. It's just about the secondary stuff to let him soar. Connor Overton's on the other side. There is some intrigue there with Connor Overton. I don't think he has a job, uh, but 
maybe there's something, but I highly doubt it right now. Uh, Alex Wood is going against Austin Gomber, not on TV. Um, Alex Wood was throwing harder last year and had his good slider, got very unlucky. You saw the 5-plus ERA with the sub-4 uh, dips, saying that he should have been closer to like a 3-6, 3-7 ERA. We'll see. Um, might be a very good discount in drafts. We'll just monitor how well he's performing. Uh, Austin Gomber, I don't think there's going to be enough there for us to chase that. Brandon Woodruff is going against Tristan McKenzie. Woodruff is just ace is good, ace, be good. McKenzie, I'm curious to see if the velocity can be up to 93-94, but also slider command, is it there? Is he getting enough whiffs on his curveball? I think he's too hittable, uh, personally, and I think his command is not nearly as good as it needs to be. You have Jordan Montgomery going against the Mets as a split squad for the Mets, so it's a TBD for their starter, but Jordan Montgomery is going, and as long as he just kind of does his thing, everything should be good with Jordan Montgomery. What is this thing? It's sinkers, really, going inside to right-handers and curveballs and change-ups, getting whiffs. He struggles putting away batters, though, uh, and the four-seamer was introduced last year, but then it went away for Jordan Montgomery once he came into uh, St. Louis, so I don't really know how to trust that, but he should be fine. You should be fine for your fantasy teams. As long as nothing is terrible here, then yeah, you should be you should still feel fine with it. Kyle Bradish had an increase in velocity, then it came down his last game. I wonder if that comes back at all um, as he goes against Joe Ryan. It's more about the secondaries. I hate the cut action on Kyle Bradish's fastball. Uh, it hurts him more than helps him. However, if his slider and curve are both dominant, then things should be okay for Kyle Bradish. Uh, you have Joe Ryan on the other side. I'm so curious to see how the sweeper performs. That's the difference maker for Joe Ryan. He's very good right now, but he's not elite. But if he has an excellent secondary pitch to pair with that already excellent fastball, winning team with the Twins, good defense, I believe, behind him, then that's a game changer. And all of a sudden, Joe Ryan could be legitimately a top 20 starter this year. So monitor that, absolutely. You have Patrick Corbin against Jesus Lazardo. And Jesus Lazardo was sitting 97 in his last game. That's really good. And it makes me so encouraged. How many innings are we going to get? I don't know. But I, I'm very encouraged by that. And oh boy, what a fun one that's not on TV. We've got Brandon Fought against Nick Lodolo. Oh man. Uh, Nick Lodolo, I'm, like Hunter Green, I am skeptical of the development that he could make it this year. Uh, considering it's the Reds. But, I mean, I generally just love this stuff and all. Uh, well, then you have Brendan Fought, that when he does get his opportunity, which won't be out of the camp because I think it's going to be Dre Jameson, um, the game, the number five spot, I think he's going to dominate. I, I love his four-seamer. I love his slider. I think he's so good. Uh, he's not the greatest thing ever, but he's going to he's gonna be productive for 12-teamers uh, the moment he comes up. Sure, I'm sure he'll have some bad starts or whatever, but like you want to roster him everywhere when Brendan Fought arrives. And I'm so excited to see this one. Um, but all right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for all the ratings and the reviews. Uh, please keep them coming. We're I'm going to be doing this podcast every single weekday morning through the end of the season. Um, the only difference, only time it won't be is the all-star break. Uh, I'm going to try as best as I can over the weekend uh, to do these as well because I think these are so important for us to track and then that makes Mondays just that much easier for all of us. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.